Father in heaven, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the story that is found within Holy Scripture. The story of creation, fall, and redemption. The story of, of, of our redemption in Christ Jesus and your accomplishment of it. Lord, we thank you for that marvelous story. And we thank you also for the precious doctrines that are contained within the Holy Scriptures. These truths that uh, do stand unchanged uh, throughout the passing of time. Help us to know the truth of your word, O Lord. We pray that we would be renewed through the transformation of our minds, that as we know these truths, that we would then live according to them. Help us now especially as we consider prayer and ask what it is. May we be people of prayer. May we be people of faith. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Question 105 of the Baptist Catechism asks, what is prayer? So you can see that we've come to a new subject for quite a long time. Um, we, we've been considering uh, God's law uh, as we've been moving through uh, the Catechism. Uh, then we've been considering the means of grace, this idea that God uh, has determined to, to strengthen His people um, through through certain things, ordinary things, uh, through the Word of God, read and preached, right? Uh, this was one of the means of grace that the Lord has determined to use to strengthen His people through the sacraments of baptism and the, and the Lord's Supper. Um, these are things we've been considering for some time now, asking, well, what is baptism? What is the Lord's Supper? But you see now that we come to this fourth and final means of grace, um, Prayer. Uh, what is prayer now, we ask, as, as we begin to explore this. And, and, you know, we were in this section considering God's law for a long time, and, and, and I'm saying we're entering into kind of the, the, the final section of the Catechism, where this final means of grace is, um, is elaborated upon, prayer. What is prayer? It's such a crucial uh, component of the Christian life. So what is prayer? The answer that is given is marvelous. Prayer is an offering up to God of our desires to God, rather, by the assistance of the Holy Spirit for things agreeable to His will, in the name of Christ, believing with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. You could almost hear in, in the cadence of that answer that there's a lot here. There are many commas here, and each of them kind of indicate a new aspect of the definition of what prayer is. It's very helpful. We'll consider this answer in just a moment together. But I would also like to read from the Scriptures, Philippians 4, 4-9. through 9. And it's here... Uh, that Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. What a marvelous command to the Christian. We are to, we are to be a people who rejoice, and we are to rejoice in the Lord. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, the Apostle says. And, and certainly that is an important message um, always, but especially for our day and age, many are plagued by anxiety. But here the Apostle says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace 
will be with you. It's now the reading of God's most holy word. May he add his blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. The thing about that Philippians 4 passage, it's a very famous passage. It is dealing with this common problem of anxiety. And as I've already said in the reading of the text through my uh, little remarks there, so many in our day and age struggle with anxiety, uh, with this sense of being unsettled. Um, and in some ways it's perfectly reasonable to be anxious. Um, we, are, we are creatures living in a fallen world with so many so many troubling things taking place around us. We're aware of our own frailty. Our lives are very frail, aren't they? And so in some respects, it is reasonable that we as, as, as human beings are anxious. Anxious concerning the threats around us. Anxious concerning our future. Anxious concerning things that we, we, don't, we don't understand. Um, but it's not reasonable for a child of God to be anxious. If indeed we believe that God is in control, that He loves us and will accomplish all of His purposes through us. You see, this is kind of one of the things. Uh, we, we have to either walk by faith or by sight. And if we walk by sight, then our hearts will be anxious. But if we walk by faith, then we will see that uh, there is no reason really for anxiety. For we worship and serve a God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who is in perfect control of all things, and He loves us. You see... We have to choose one of these paths. But here, the thing that I wish to draw your attention to is the solutions that the Apostle um, provides for uh, this common problem uh, that we call anxiety. He points, first of all, to prayer. We are not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, right? We're to go to prayer as a remedy to the anxiety that fills our hearts. We're to go to prayer in thanksgiving, and we're to make our requests made known to God. In the second portion of this passage that I've read, he also exhorts Christians to have some discipline with their thought life. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, so I think these two things are put forth as a kind of remedy to this problem of anxiety. We are to be a people of prayer where we run to God with the concerns of our heart. We lay them before His feet. We trust that He hears us and that He will do what is best. He will keep us. Also, we are to be disciplined in mind. We are to choose very carefully what we allow ourselves to dwell upon mentally. Did you ever think of that? You do have control of your thoughts. You do. I think for a long time I just had this idea that I don't have control of my thoughts. I think some think of emotion in the same way. You know, emotion is just something that comes over you that you can't control. Not true. Not true at all. In fact, we must develop this, this discipline in the heart and, and, and even have control over our own emotions. And so it is with thoughts. Thoughts don't just come upon us as if we're just these helpless victims of them. No, we can choose what it is that we're going to think upon. And, and we need to choose to think upon things that are that are true and honorable, etc., um, according to the Word of God. So prayer, prayer, that is the subject. I think it's very important for us to be people of prayer for many reasons. Yes, as a remedy to anxiety, that's true, but for many other reasons too. And our catechism helps us to understand what prayer is and then why it is so very important to the Christian life. What is prayer? What is it? I think Phil alluded to this earlier as he was teaching the children. Prayer is such a common thing, really, for Christians. We 
pray when we gather for worship. We pray before meals. We pray in our homes. We, we pray always. Our children should see prayer as a very common thing. But have we stopped to ask the question, what is it? What is prayer? Um, I think some do struggle to understand what prayer is and, and why it is important. They think, well, doesn't God already know what we need? Then why do we need to bring these requests to Him if He's all-knowing? Doesn't he already know what will happen in the future? Then, then really, what is the point of prayer if God already knows what has, will happen in the future and, in fact, has already determined it? Perhaps you've wondered about some of these things before. I, I, think, I think what our catechism has to say about prayer is very helpful, though, in, in answering these kinds of questions. First of all, we need to remember that prayer has been presented to us as a means of grace. That's not stated in this question and answer, but it was covered earlier. Prayer has already been, been presented to us as a means of grace. So we, we must start with this understanding that prayer is one of the ways in which God distributes His grace and works His grace within His people. Uh, so you've heard it said, prayer changes things. Is that true? Well, in a sense it is. In a sense it is not. Does prayer change the decreed will of God made in eternity past? No, it does not. <laughs> does prayer put us in charge so that it will be our will that is accomplished and not God's? Of, of course not. That, that, that is such a distortion of the truth that is presented to us in Holy Scripture regarding prayer. So if we think that prayer changes things in that sense, you know, that, that through prayer we can manipulate God, you've got the wrong idea. But does prayer change things? Yes, in another sense it does. It changes us, doesn't it? As God uses it as a means of grace to, to bring growth in, in our life and in our hearts. Prayer is one of the ways in which God sanctifies us, encourages us, builds us up in the faith so that we might worship and serve Him. It's for us. Prayer is, prayer is a means of grace and it changes our own hearts. Also, we know that God has determined to work through means. So we do trust that our prayers, in fact, do work. That, that God involves them somehow in this process of accomplishing His decreed will made in eternity past. Are you following with me there? Um, has God determined in eternity past who will be saved? Yes. The Scriptures so clearly teach it. Uh, there are names written in the book of life, and when was that book written? It's not being written now. It was written in eternity past. How does God bring those to faith in Christ? We say, through means, through the preaching of the gospel. That's how they will come. And I'm also saying to you, in a very similar way, prayer is to be viewed as a means of grace. He works through means, through the preaching of the gospel and through prayer, so that, so that God uses these things somehow in the accomplishment of His decree. I get it. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around it. There's something mysterious here. Um, but I'm saying that is how we are to be, view prayer and its effectiveness. Prayer changes things. We don't manipulate God in prayer, no. We don't determine the future in prayer, no. We don't get our will accomplished in prayer, no. It doesn't change things like that, but it changes us. And we also know that God is determined to work through prayer. And, and so uh, we are to be encouraged to pray uh, in this way. Remember that prayer is a means of grace. Uh, what are the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption? That was question 93. 
And there we learn that the outward ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are His ordinances, especially the Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. So prayer is a means of grace. Now secondly, I think it is important for us to understand what prayer is. And that is what this catechism question and answer really gets at. The, the, you should read the, the catechism devotionally, brothers and sisters. You should. Not in place of the scriptures, don't get me wrong, but as a help. Um, I think our confession can be read in that way. It can be something that you read on the Lord's Day afternoon, in fact, to, to open up the confession and to read a paragraph or a chapter out of it. And it it's moving because it is an accurate summary of the doctrines contained within Holy Scripture. Our catechism can be read in the same way. There's a lot to reflect upon here. There's a lot of truth. This is what I'm saying. There's a lot of biblical truth just kind of jam-packed into a very small space in our catechism. I want you to see that. And as you read the catechism in particular, uh, this is true of the confession as well, pay very close attention to semicolons and commas, uh, for, for there you kind of see the structure of the doctrine that's being presented, and, and really it's evident in this question and answer. What is prayer? Prayer, first of all, is an offering up of our desires to God. Isn't that great? God has invited us to come to Him. I mean, just the fact that we're able to talk to, to address God is astonishing, isn't it? The fact that we're able to do that is astonishing. I, I think that God created Adam in such a way that, that God could talk to Adam and Adam could talk to God is, is a marvelous thing to consider. It's a part of what it means to be made in the image of God. Like the, Man is created with this ability to commune, to have communion with God. Marvelous thing to consider. It didn't have to be that way. God was gracious to do this, right? To create man in such a way that where there could be a, a relationship between God and man. But think of the fall. Isn't it even more marvelous to consider that still, after man's rebellion, there is a way for man to commune with God. That God speaks to us through His Word, even still, and through His creation also, but through His Word. And we are still invited to, to come and speak to Him. Incredible. Of course, we know it is only through Christ that we are able to come, and in His name. We'll get to that in a moment. But, but we are invited to speak to God, we are even invited to come before the King of Kings and the Lords of Lord, Lord of Lords and to offer up our desires to Him. What a privilege. To say, God, at the end I, I will say, nevertheless, not my will, but Your will be done. Yes, but here is my desire. Here, here, here are my concerns. Here, here are my desires. I bring them to You. Why would You neglect this? Why would we neglect this? To come before God Almighty who has invited us to call Him Father, and to bring our desires to Him. Why would we neglect this great gift, this means of grace? So prayer is an offering up of our desires to God. So bring your desires to Him. Bring your concerns. Bring your fears. Bring your emotions. Bring all of that to God. Do it though by the assistance of the Holy Spirit. That's such an important little remark here. It is the Holy Spirit who is to help us pray so come and pray according to the Spirit, or by the Spirit. Be moved by the Holy Spirit in, in prayer. We are to do so by the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Four things agreeable to His will. Here obviously there is a reference to God's revealed will. 
We are to not pray for things that are contrary to what God has said in His Word. We are to pray for things that are in agreement with what He has revealed. And He has revealed a lot. He, uh, he, he has said, this is, this, is, this is God's will, uh, your sanctification, that you avoid sexual immorality, for example. There's the revealed will of God. And so one of the things that you ought to pray for is your sanctification and the sanctification of others and the avoidance of all kinds of sin, and in particular that one. We're to pray for these kinds of things, the kinds of things that God has already said that He's concerned with, right? We're to pray for things agreeable to His revealed will. I think also we are to pray in agreement with His hidden will. We don't know what it is, so it's important for us to have this disposition. Here are my desires, God. Nevertheless, not my will, but Your will be done. Here are my desires. Here is what I would like to see happen. But nevertheless, my leading concern is that your will would be accomplished. And so I'm willing to submit myself to that. Your will be done, O Lord. In the name of Christ, in the name of Christ, the, um, the catechism says, the name of Christ does not function magically, brothers and sisters. You understand that? Um, it's not as if when we say, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Amen. Now we've kind of put this like this magical spell or something on our on our prayer to make it effective. To pray in the name of Christ means that you are coming to God the Father in Him. That is through faith in Him and by virtue of the work that He has finished. This might sound weird for a pastor to say. I don't even think it's necessary for us to say, in the name of Jesus, Amen. Um, but when we come, we are to come in Christ, for He is the only mediator between God and man. You, under, you understand what I'm saying here. We don't come to the Father apart from Christ, but only in Christ and in, and in His name. And so you can see this in um, the, the, the catechism answer, that our prayers are all to be Trinitarian prayers. We're to come to the Father through the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is to be the shape of our prayer. It's to be Trinitarian. We're to come to the Father with our desires, with our concerns. We're to come through the Son, through faith in Him. He is the only mediator between God and man. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, being moved by the Holy Spirit in prayer. So in the name of Christ is what is said here. Believing. Notice that that word kind of just stands alone in, in the answer that is given in our catechism, believing. So it's important for us to have faith when we pray. And the scriptures have a lot to say about this, that those who lack faith when they come to God are, are unstable. They're like a wave tossed to and fro by the, by the wind, of, by the wind on, on the seas. You know. So we must come believe. And if we don't believe, if we don't have faith, then we should not think that we're going to ex- receive anything from God. Here I'm alluding to what James has to say about that. So believing with confession of our sins. So this should always be an element of our prayer. We should be aware of our sins and we should be repentant and we should confess our sins to the Lord knowing that He is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And thankful acknowledgement of His mercy. So there is that emphasis upon thanksgiving. So often we are tempted to run to God in prayer and to lay all of our desires before Him, which is certainly permitted, but to forget about God's mercies, and so to, to lack this element of thanksgiving. If you read through the New Testament and, and to see what it says about prayer, this is such a common theme that we're to pray 
with thanksgiving in our hearts. We're to be thankful. We're to give, we're to give thanks to God for His mercy and for His grace. So yes, I'm saying prayer changes things. Not the decree of God, of course, but you. And we know that God has determined to accomplish His degree through means, and prayer is one of the means that God uses. And so we are to be a people of prayer, brothers and sisters. The church is to be a house of prayer. I do love that our catechism concludes with this subject. Um, we're going to not only learn what prayer is, but we're going to learn how to pray as we move towards the end of, of, of this, this instruction that is found in the Catechism. So it ends in a very practical way. It, it ends with an emphasis upon uh, this most wonderful gift, the, the gift of prayer whereby we are able to commune with our Maker and our Redeemer. So with that said, let us bow for a word of prayer. And then we will pray together corporately in just a moment. Father, I pray that you would make us a people of prayer. Uh, if we do not have an appetite for it, I pray that you would give it to us, O Lord, that we would long to run to you with our cares and concerns. Help me in this, O Lord. Help my brothers and sisters in Christ. May this be our first impulse. Uh, when the troubles of life press in upon us, may we immediately run to you. May we do it individually in our own hearts and minds, even silently. May we do it out loud. May we do it with others in the home, especially in the church. May we run to you often as Father, knowing that you have made a way for us through the Son. And may we pray with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. God, we trust that you will work mightily in our lives and in this church and in this world. And that you will use our prayers to do so. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.